So there is an operations department at work in every narcissistic system. We've talked so far about how the the narcissist functions through a system. Today, we're going to find more about its operations. Just like at your job, there's a department of operations. There is also a department of operations within the narcissistic system. And you really want to know about this because this department is responsible for the death of physically and spiritually of a person within the system. I'll explain more about that today on Beware of the Narcissist Part 3, Fear. Respect these boundaries. Religious critics are not welcome here. This brand has no religious affiliations. Critical spirits with religious projections, prophecies, pronouncements, criticisms, questions, etc. will be ignored and when necessary blocked on all of our platforms. What if you don't recognize the danger you're in? Unresolved issues only fester into vows of destruction. Unexplained emotional decline, nonstop strife, mysterious sickness. What if they're all just symptoms and not the actual problem? You could be in relationship with a killer emotionally so know the signs of such a perpetrator before it costs your very life beware of the narcissist an eight-part series that might spare you from one of the most destructive types of relationships you could ever be in Peace, Truth Tribe. If you are already a part of the tribe via Truth Tribe Public or Truth Tribe Private, if you are not a part of the tribe, welcome. I'm author, counselor, and coach Zara Hairston, helping you remember that love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. Why? Because we are not to be a fool for love. No matter what you heard, if they told you any other kind of way, they lied. We are not to be a fool for love. Love is actually wisdom. And that wisdom is so, so healing. So over here, we don't love toxic people the same way we do healthy people. If you agree with that, consider joining Truth Tribe and visit zarahairston.com slash Truth Tribe Connect for more information about becoming a part of the tribe, public or privately. It's a really awesome tribe that we're building over here and I'm excited 
for that. You can also look in the description if you want to get notifications about when I go live. Like right now, some of things sometimes things change and people are like, man, I missed a live. I wanted to, you know, maybe ask a question or, you know, vibe with you live. But I ain't know you was gonna go live and it has said this time and then you didn't things change. Get in the Telegram group and then you'll be more aware because I send a notification out within about 10, 15 minutes before I go live so that you can be prepared. I'd also like to take this time to thank a very special part of Truth Tribe and that is Truth Tribe patrons who help me make free content, including videos, exercises, and resources just like this live you're watching right now. I truly appreciate your support, Truth Tribe patrons, and I'm sure those who benefit from your giving appreciate it too. If you're watching this and that is true for you, please show it and like plus share this video to help someone you never know what people are going through. And I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback about this, the uh, series on narcissism and how it's setting people free, giving them healing in their mind and in their thinking and even in their relationships and showing them that they don't have to live in a toxic state um, with the person and call it love. So the least you could do is like this video and share it so that it can help someone else. If you would like to support beyond a like and a share, it's easy. You can go to ZaraHarrison.com slash support, or you can also visit ZaraHarrison.com slash shop and purchase one of my products. If you've purchased one of my products and you loved it and it benefited your life, like one of my books, can you leave a comment on Amazon? I mean, a review and let people know it, uh, it really helps me because a lot of people think you're supposed to just do things for free. And so I'm really thankful for those who actually support by buying products. Um, and if you leave your review, it can inspire others to get out of that lack mindset or that poverty mindset or that entitled mindset where they, they think everybody's supposed to do everything for them for free. Um, so I appreciate those who support, who give on a monthly basis, who buy something from the shop, who send one-time support. Your gifts are really appreciated because it is a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. I spend so many hours, especially on this uh, Beware of Narcissist series, everything that I do, but this one has really been taking the cake because I wanted to draw the spiritual connection to this, uh, what is perceived as a psychological issue. And that takes a lot of study and a lot of hours and I gotta design the slides and it just, woof, it'd be, it be winding me. Um, so I thank you to those of you who support, um, by giving more than just a like and a share. Um, I really appreciate it. So today we're back with part three fear. Who remembers what we talked about last time? What did we talk about last time? Y'all we talked about, um, religion and we split that up into two parts because I had an emergency on the first part of part two. So I made it a two a and a two B which actually worked out for the good because it was so full, it needed to be divided in two. Where has that left you off though? Where are you now with your understanding? Let me know in the live chat, leave a comment if you watch the, pay the playback. Where did part two B leave you in your understanding? What is it, what are the building blocks essentially? What is the most high starting to show you about narcissism? Excuse me, what is the most high starting to show you about emotional wellness? What is he starting to show you about the great responsibility we have to steward our own souls well and how we interact with people who steal life from us, how it is actually disrespectful to his design in, this, in stewarding us well, our souls well and healthily. 
let me know how that's working out for you. But we're going to jump right into part three today um, on fear. So in part one, we talked about why you needed to know this. You could be in a relationship of any kind with a killer emotionally. So we want to know the signs of such a perpetrator because it really can cost you your very life. And today I'm going to show you just how physically your whole physical life, you can actually beyond emotional death can suffer health to the point of physical death due to um, relationship with a narcissist if you don't get out of that system or you don't set up some steps. Today, I even have um, some a worksheet. I have two worksheets for you to do so that you don't have to take a screenshot. And I'm going to put that in Truth Tribe public telegram group. I just played a little visual for you earlier. I'm going to send it there. I'm not sending it to my email list. I'm not sending it nowhere else. The only way you can get it is if you're in the telegram group. So when we're done with today's um, session, you're going to get two free downloads in the telegram group for you to work out. And when you see, when you see this, you're going to want to get those downloads to really help you process further what we talked about. So again, we've already talked about why it's important for you to know these signs. You don't want to be blind. You don't want to be, um, you know, walking around foolishly or not being aware of what's happening to you or in a system that you're in, whether it's your family, um, or your job or, you know, some religious structure that you're in, you want to be able to spot these things. So it doesn't take you out emotionally, spiritually, and even physically, as we're going to see today, I'm going to actually show you it's possible to, to suffer a physical death from this. And then we asked ourselves in part two, A and two B, when we talked about um, religion and how uh, religiosity has to do with the spirit of narcissism. And we talked about how, while narcissism has spiritual roots, it has to operate in some kind of way, right? Like the spiritual is unseen. How do, how does it get into the seen world? It has to operate in the physical realm through what a system and that narcissistic system originates in the unhealed family of religion. First, Let's find out how you might participate in the system of narcissism by comparing intergenerational trauma with religiosity. So with part two, that was a mouthful. But if you watch part two, A and part two, B, you see the connection between um, the unhealed family of religion. And what I mean by that, what happened in the spiritual realm before it came here. And then we talked about inter intergenerational trauma. So. If you watch those two parts, then you know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen them, please make sure you go back because moving forward, it's not going to make sense to you unless you're building upon each level as we go forward. So in part two, A and B, it was my desire and my hope that you will be able to spot out what that system looks like. I showed you what that system looks like. I showed you the, the different parts of the system and how they function so that you can identify whether you're in that system. And today we're going to go even further into the system with the department of operations, as I like to call it. And, um, it's beyond just being able to see it, but giving you some tips on what to do as well, if you're in it. And that's what the two assignment worksheets are going to help you um, fully flesh out after you finish watching today's uh, live. So part three, we got the, the boxing glove there. Be very afraid? Question mark. In constant battle with fear, narcissists often lose that internal fight with fear. 
which then creates an environment of hypervigilance for everyone to suffer within their narcissistic system. And when you finish watching this today, that's going to make total sense to you if you're paying attention. So let's look at 2 Timothy 3.5. It says, holding to a form of outward godliness or religion. We talked about that religion in part 2A and B. Although, although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. What are we supposed to do with people like this? Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Now, I've had a number of people say, well, what if this is my spouse? And I've talked to you about the amazing benefit of separation, whether you separate in your home and you go to a different room or you separate and you leave the home, especially if the person is physically hitting you or if the emotional abuse has turned into CPTSD, which is what we'll, we'll talk about today, then there needs to be a separation from the home because the scripture is telling us it's important when people have this form, but they are nullifying it. You are to avoid those kinds of people and what keep far away from them because they make you really sick spiritually, physically, emotionally. And I'm going to show you how that happens as you go with us through this, through today's, uh, through part three with fear. So keeping that in mind, it's important to, to know that the department of operations, when it comes to the narciss narcissistic system has an EVP and that EVP is the spirit of fear. Yes. The spirit of fear. So hold on to that scripture and hold on to what I just said. Let me just read you um, an example of what a department of operations is according to a leading career building site. It says an operations department ensures that the, the process of the business is completed from start to finish. It needs to line up with the goals and functions of other departments within a company. So one thing that we talked about in part... Uh, I think it was part one. No, this was healing pain with Proverbs. One thing we talked about in healing pain with Proverbs was the fact that the, the enemy thrives on chaos. No, we did talk about it in here. We talked about how the system is, it thrives on chaos, keeping everybody confused, um, keeping confusion running. But I want you to understand something in a narcissistic system with the department of operations, the job is to cause everything to function smoothly in the chaos, right? The enemy thrives on chaos. The enemy thrives on chaos, but at the same time, he's very organized in his chaos, if that makes any sense. So when we talk about the department of operations, this is how second Timothy three, five makes sense. They hold on to the form as the operations of the system to keep it functional, which is very backwards, perverted, right? This is what the enemy does. Because after all, who would follow such a system if it appeared as what it actually is? It's, it's similar to um, a cow. And I love animals. That's why I really don't like eating meat. I've had to start eating meat again since I've been in Africa. That's another story I talk about another day, but I really don't like eating meat. I do it for health purposes now. Um, in America, I didn't have to do that. And when you see a cow, 
I mean, like, who looks at that and says, oh, I want to, like, slice that up with the blood and the guts everywhere and see how that tastes? Like, who does that? Who, who does that, right? So you look at a cow and you're not, like, looking at it as though it's appetizing. Most of us are not. It's not appetizing in its natural form. It's when they slaughter it and grind it up and season it and put it in a pan and put some bread and some lettuce and pickles and onions and mayo and all of that on that, that then it becomes appetizing. That's similar to the Department of Operations when it comes to the narcissistic system. So the narcissist has, the spirit of narcissism has to function through a system and that system can only operate through a Department of Operations. The EVP or the executive vice president, if you've ever worked in a big company, you know they have these levels, is the spirit of fear. So one of the main operators within the system is the narcissist spirit mate. Narcissism, as we've learned and what I believe is really a spirit beyond the psychological, and it's mate, it's running partner, it's, um, it's, it's co-owner, is fear, okay? And I think that's really ironic because when we look at 2 Timothy 1.7, it says to us what? <laughs> For Yahuwah did not what? Give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. This is the Amplified Version. And so what is fear? We've talked about that before, prior, and I've talked about this on my channel. What is fear? Is it an emotion? Is it a way of thinking? What what is it being called here? A spirit. You see how it circled? So with narcissism being a spirit that operates through a system, the department of operations has to also be what? A spirit. And the spirit of choice that it marries in order for the system to function is a spirit of fear. In other words, the amplified version is saying timidity or cowardice, to make a person timid, to make a person a coward, because you got to be a timid coward to be in this system and exist. You cannot be bold and exist at the same time in a narcissistic system. So it says, but he has given us a spirit of what? Power, the most high Yah, and of love and of sound judgment, which is why this series is called Beware of the Narcissist. You need to be able to judge properly what's going on in your relationships, in your systems that you're in, whether it's family or religion or business, whatever it is, because that's the spirit that the Most High gives us. Power, love, sound judgment, personal discipline to obey those choices, the discipline enough to do that. And these abilities result in what? A calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So the spirit of fear in the department of operations wants to make you timid, wants to make you a coward. But on the other side, the most high wants to make us of a sound mind and of power. So if you're in a family where you're constantly afraid to stand up for yourself, to confront sin, to say anything um, about the wickedness that's going on. If you feel like a coward at work, um, in family, in your religious structure, whatever, the Department of Operations of Fears is, is probably doing their job. 
But if you feel power, if you feel love, if you feel a sound mind, then the spirit of the most high is there in that family, in that structure of, I'm not going to say religion, but uh, spiritual health. Um, and I say family or business, you want to beware. You want to have the judgment to be able to discern what spirit is operating here. The department of operations. Is it the spirit of fear that is works closely with the spirit of narcissism or is it the spirit of the most high? Yeah. And we're going to see how one of the things about the spirit of fear how it attacks the spirit of power is changing your ability to have a well-balanced mind in life and emotional wellness. It wants to rob that, rip that from you. This is why my whole channel is so compassionate about your emotional wellness because this spirit of fear, its main job is to make people emotionally unwell because then it can control you and make you a timid coward. And we know cowards are on the list of those who will not capital N O T inherit the kingdom of the most high. Yeah. So pay attention to your relationships and the systems that you are in because it is shaping you into something. And either is sending you towards the most high Yah and being on his list of being acceptable or his list of those who won't inherit. Emotional wellness is serious. It is very connected to your spiritual health and condition. Don't let nobody fool you with that and say your emotions and all this don't matter. That's this, that's, that's a cycle battle. That is a part of the plan to keep you bound and deceived and a timid coward. Okay. So this is basically what's going on in these systems. You have the spirit of power, which is that, that strength, that love, the heart. And then there's balance where you see the scales versus the narcissist and the narcissist ride or die team buddy spirit of fear. That's basically what's going on. So the operator of of fear aims to keep you a timid coward in the face of their wickedness and sin. Additionally, they threaten your soundness of mind. So you often in these systems will feel confused, guilty, and insecure. Pay attention to that. So what else goes on in the department of operations with the EVP being the spirit of fear? What else is going on? There is fear via competition so that the people in the system will stay on the narcs quote unquote good side and win their favor. And there is fear via false safety. They pretend that they are keeping you safe. Like we talked about in part two B the wolf who's really, uh, the, the wolf who's pretending to be a sheep, the, the shepherd who's acting like they're caring for you, but they're actually the wolf. So there's fear via this false sense of safety. So the narc makes it so that people only feel safe if they fear them, if they fear them. And the hope of this is the narcissist through the department of operations, which is the spirit of fear, wants to make the person feel as though if they go against them, 
it can actually mean death. That's why you have people and families who are super afraid to speak up to their parent. I mean, they are a whole adult. They are no longer a child, but they are super fearful, capital F-E-A-R, to confront their parent, to tell them no, to even um, disassociate themselves. They can see the wickedness in their face, but they're so afraid to disconnect from it. That is a sign that the EVP, spirit of fear, is doing its job because that's its job to keep you a timid coward who will never disconnect from the wickedness of unrepentance in family, in religion, and whatever else. And this is what is so backwards because you know that the enemy, like we talked about in part one, wants to be like the most high, wants to be God, right? What does the most high say earns his respect? The fear of the most high, yeah, right? But it's not the fear like we experience in the world, the secular fear. It's a high heart regard and respect. So what does the enemy do? He flips it. And now through this system in the department of operations, he causes people to fear him instead, but it's not a respect. He's scared you into obeying him. So through a parent who is a narcissist, the siblings who may be narcissists or the enablers within the system or in a religious structure like a camp or an assembly or a church or a business, there is this fear operating department of operations to keep everyone in check so that nobody will leave the system. While Yah has a fear that is out of respect for him. But the enemy, he just perverts it, right? So we don't want to be have a fear in that way. But that's how this, this system operates. This is the way that it operates. So again, it's going to cause people to compete against one another. Whether and this is just not not just work. This is family. This is church. Whatever they want to they they put people against each other. Like we talked about with the triangulation. Um, you want to compete for the narc's affection and love, and then that false safety of if you do what I say, if you don't come against me, you're safe. You step out of this line and don't allow my wickedness and my sin to continue. You don't maintain my secrets. You don't cover my sin that I'm unrepentant about, you're going to be in danger. It's a false sense of safety. Like I'm protecting you by keeping my secrets when those secrets are really harming you and killing you, right? And so what happens is you find that the narcissist has carefully created the toxic operations environment, yet seen as the savior of the people in the system. Do you hear that? They look like the savior when they are the devil, so to speak. The devil looking like the savior. And if we read scripture, we see these themes where, you know, um, certain false prophets, they come in certain forms. That's why the most high is saying what? Test the what? Spirit. These things are spirits. Fear is a spirit. Narcissism is a spirit. Test it. Test it. So this is what they do. You can actually be swearing you protecting your mother, your father, your grandmother, and they work for the devil. 
and you're so afraid to say anything about it because they put that fear in you to keep that system going. I hope the most high will get you free from that. And I hope that this series will, y'all will use it to help you see what's happening to you so that it can make more sense. And you can, you can obey the release of your soul from being bound and chained to this system in your family, in your job or some religious structure. I've been in it a number of times. I know what it feels like and I feel for you. I have such a compassion and heart for it. I've been there. So how does the operations impact those in the system? This is where when we talk about death and and killing, beware of the narcissist, you could be in relationship with the killer. This is this is how that happens through um operations. So first there is life stealing self-sacrifice. You must give your needs, your purpose, and even your opinions up. You can't have them in this kind of a system. It is life stealing and it's full of self-sacrifice. You will find yourself sacrificing for everybody else in the system, the enablers, the narcissists, all of that, and nobody ever sacrificing for you. And if it looks like they're making a sacrifice for you, you, you've been deceived. They might give you money. They might provide childcare. They might do whatever, but it is, um, it comes with a string attached. It's not like the most high, how he says, you know, he gives gifts and there's no sorrow added to it. No, your gifts in the narcissistic system is sorrow added to it. Don't think that gift was given to you unselfishly or without a hidden agenda. In this system, it is life stealing and it's full of self-sacrifice that is not healing that doesn't promote your wellness. What else? It is an invitation to health complications. When you don't give up your life, your needs, your purpose, um, that spirit of fear is releases threats. And there's a wrath that comes upon you to get you back in line. Then you start to feel sick in your stomach. Some of y'all may know. You may not have paid attention to it. You start to feel sick in your stomach. You start having problems with your digestion. You start having problems, you know, with your uh, your GI tract. You start, you know, because the stomach, I've heard someone say before, and I believe the stomach is the, um, like you have your brain here, but this is real is really here in your gut. Like according to scripture, is really in your gut. It's so many, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. But when you feel like you're in love with somebody, do you feel it in your head? No, you feel it in your gut. Just your stomach get butterflies, you know, kind of drops. You're like, oh my gosh, there he goes. Um, when you feel stressed, you clench your stomach. That's why they say my stomach is in knots. Your stomach gets tight. When you're stressed and it's a, over a long period of time, your stomach literally knots up. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of what's taking place starts right in your gut and then we'll see later how it affects everything else in your body and can actually be really physically um, um, harmful to you. So what goes on in this, the, the uh, department of how do the operations functions and impacts those people in the system? This right here, you know, you got your invitations to health complications. What else is going on? Symptoms become more complex. They don't seem to relate and you don't have no clear diagnosis. So if you're in this system for a long period of time, you are feeling sick. 
you don't know why. You may have lightheadedness. You may have dizziness. You may feel faint. You may feel sick to your stomach. Like there are things going on, but they don't seem connected to each other. You know, you like, how does this tingling in my toes and this numbness in my toes relate to the fact that I keep having diarrhea? That they don't connect. Oh, they connect. I'm going to show you how. Because it's an attack on a certain part of your body that runs through your whole system. So it's related. But you'll go to the doctor for the numbness in your toe. And then you go to the doctor and you get another thing for the stuff going on your stomach. And you don't know. You don't need that for your toe or your stomach. You need to heal the spirit at work. Right? So these are the things that are happening. These are the impact. You know, you might feel, okay, we'll get into it. So the symptoms become more complex and this is the birth to not just PTSD where there's a one-time event that traumatizes you, but a more complex one because the symptoms become complex, right? So what else is going on? It attacks and invades your nervous system. Yeah. Because the most high didn't build you to endure that kind of stress from a narcissist in the spirit of operations of fear. Our bodies is not, he didn't design us to put up with that. So what happens is as those symptoms get more complex, it will attack your nervous system. Since your nerves run through your whole body, everything in your body start acting up. And it's an alarm like, what are you doing? What is, can save me, help me, Some, I'm in danger and you're not, you're not doing anything about it. So it's trying to fix it itself, but it can't. That's what this spirit does. That's why people want you to believe that emotions don't matter and that's, that's psychology and that's the, that. no, no, no. Emotions matter a lot. It's connected to your health and to your spirit. It is the physical representation of a spiritual issue. Okay, so this is a when the attack invades your nervous system, this is a result of trauma and the attack will uh, will trigger your nervous system to believe that your life is being threatened spiritually because it is now through the physical system and its operations, ultimately spiritual symptoms transcend into physical sickness and sometimes even death. You will find yourself living in automatic fear response or hyper vigilance. How many of y'all already know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all already been through this and y'all know what that's like. Let me put my glasses on so I can see this a little bit clearer. So let's talk about automatic fear response. You see the arrow pointing to the yellow box. Once that spirit of fear starts working really well, That's you in the middle, scared, timid, coward. And these are the things that are all dysregulated. So first with the automatic fear response, it is a a physiological fight or flight reaction in response to stress or fear. The most high built our body to warn us something ain't right. You need to do something about it. Proverbs says, when you see danger, the wise one goes away from it. The fool goes towards it. When you see your body start doing certain things, you don't keep going in the way of that thing. When these things are showing up, it's it's how the most high wired your body to respond, to stop doing something or start doing something in the place of what you were doing that's causing it, right? 
And so that's the automatic fear response. Next, you have hypervigilance. And with hypervigilance, you have a constant life-altering stress or fear that creates a state of unhealthy alertness where you are fixated on threats. You have unhealthy suspicions. You become obsessive. You can even get high blood pressure. And that's just a few of the things that comes out of hypervigilance. Such a response activates and debilitates at the same time your ability to self-regulate, right? So the way that the Most High helps us regulate our emotions so that we are healthy and we're balanced, like um, the scripture talked about, like you're calm and you have a well-balanced. Whenever you out of that whack, something's wrong. And he, he, he wired you to know through these things showing up. He's so good. He's so good. Like you don't need to go somewhere to, for somebody to tell you something is wrong. Your body will tell you, right? So one of the things that the most high uses is um, within the nervous system, which is the, the very thing affected by this kind of trauma and abuse in a narcissistic system through the department of operations of fear is your sympathetic nervous system or NSNS and your parasympathetic nervous system or PNS. So the SNS or the sympathetic nervous system regulates your arousal. So in other words, it gets you up, gets you motivated. You know, we get a little lazy sometimes. Like the most high is so good. Like he literally pre-built us like this. So that part of your nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system regulates for you to get up and do what you need to do. So that's why the arrow was going up. The parasympathetic nervous system regulates your calming. When you up a little bit too high, you need to bring yourself down. Okay. Like don't think more highly than you ought to. You up in the clouds, like the narcissist is up in the clouds. They don't regulate that part of their body. Just you, you up too high. PNS. Okay. Let's, let's balance it and bring it down. It regulates calming. And it brings you down in a good sense. It doesn't bring you down in a, a sense of like depression or anything like that, right? So what happens is when SNS is too high up, you experience things like anxiety, panic, heart problems, pain, all kinds of issues. And the homework assignment for today is going to help you identify some of those symptoms. And then the second worksheet that I have is going to help you give you some sort of a resolution towards correcting them. Okay. Um, so if this is happening to you where the, um, SNS is too high and you're having this anxiety and the panic and the heart problems and the pain and your body's doing all that you don't understand because you're like, I'm not sick. I don't think I have a disease. It's tr emotional trauma does this. And, um, primarily if you're in a, in a relationship with a narcissist, this is what it causes, not just in your family, but if you're dealing with one of these people at your job, um, in your home and your family, yes, in a religious construct, it makes you go through this. So you see the fire there where it's just up really high. That means you are out of the window that the most high wants you in. Right. So the sympathetic nervous system or the N or the SNS, it's like a window and it's like you stay in here. You just is as high as you could go. If you go beyond that, it's going to scream fire all over your body. The alarm is off. Something is wrong. And then what happens is your body will start responding to that 
fire alarm in a sense, like you're out of the window. Something is happening that's making you like too alert. You're so hypervigilant. You're, you have anxiety. You have panic. Your heart is moving like this. Something's wrong. You got to come back in the window that the most high designed you to stay in. Right. The same thing come is what on the other side with the parasympathetic nervous system or the PNS. When that's too low, you will experience things like fatigue, numbness and tingling, the inability to con concentrate, depression, insomnia, and more. So if you go too far below on that part of the nervous system, you will become in a sense numb. This is why I put the... um. The, the ice cube there. You, you're so low that you're minimizing what you're in. You're in, in danger and it's you're numb to it. You don't even have feelings. You'll, you'll talk to people um, if the parasympathetic nervous system is, is they're out of that window of safety and is really low, they'll be numb about their situation. Like they're not angry and they're not even really um, like mad. It's just like, they're more depressed. They're, they're defeated. They're losing hope. They're below because in a healthy nervous system, you will recognize something is wrong and then you would correct it if you're in the right space of that part of the nervous system. But when you don't, you're just not doing anything about it. You kind of done gave up. I'm just stuck. That's a sign that you have gone too low with the parasympathetic nervous system to where you got the fatigue and you, you're just numb and you don't have no feelings and you can't feel is it's unhealthy. So the narcissistic system of operations is the very thing that dysregulates these yah given systems within the operation of our nerves, keeping us too high, too low, or even crazier, both at the same time. If your natural response to stress has become overactive or underactive, it is most likely trauma and could be trauma from the narcissistic system at the hands of its spirit operations, which is fear. So some of the ways that the system, the operation system is going to achieve dysregulating your nervous system like don't let up i tell y'all emotional wellness don't matter yo like i have people minimize all the work that i do over here um like emotions you the world is going through there you focus on emotions you don't understand the spiritual realm and you don't understand what the spiritual realm attacks so it can take you out because when your nervous system is affected by this spirit through the physical within the system it can break you down. You can lose your mind and your soul and your body. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I know what I'm seeing over here. So one of the ways that Department of Operations fulfills that and achieves dysregulating your nervous system um, within a narcissistic system is scapegoating. And scapegoating is um, when the narcissist or the enablers were unfairly target and blame a specific person for the family's problems and the disappointments. Like everything that we going through in our family is all your fault. If you would have just listened, if you wouldn't tell the secrets, if you wouldn't buck up to um, this false reality, to this deception, we would be closer. We would, it's you. 
it's all your fault. That's how they scapegoat a person. And so the hope is that in that scapegoating, it will eventually break the person's nervous system down. So they'll give up. And then that spirit behind the work of the narcissist will achieve its goal. Right? So this person, um, is usually a scapegoat as the result of recognizing injustice, being not being blinded anymore, and by questioning or standing up to the system. So if it's a parent and they start saying, hold up, ma, hold up, grandma, hold up, whoever, that was wrong what you did. You, I saw how you did that and you confront that now, whoa, you're getting too close to the truth. Everybody's supposed to think I'm the savior, even though I'm the devil. Hold on. You about to blow my cover. So I got to scapegoat you. That's what they do. Right. And so this person is targeted because they're a projection of the narcissist's hidden shame and self-hatred. Everyone blames the scapegoat for the problems and misfortunes of the family instead of the narcissist. The narcissist has cleverly, um, strategize this whole system that is tearing everybody apart but making everybody think they are the savior of the system at the same time it is very demonic this is how the enemy moves looking like the savior when he's the devil right that's that's his mo so that's why that is what happens in the, the narcissist system and so the scapegoat will be abused not just by the narcissist but also by their enablers the people who enable the narcissist so if there's a parent and they have the other siblings in a chokehold or as you know they run the puppet strings of those children those people will abuse the scapegoat as well they will talk about them they will gossip about them they will make sure that this scapegoating is achieved and they'll help them do that do it the next way that the uh department of operations or the spirit of fear runs in the system is with flying monkeys flying monkeys carry out the dirty work for the narcissist because again the narcissist the narcissist is a coward. Um, they deal with a lot of fear and shame. So a lot of times they don't, um, they're, they're all, they're at work behind it all, but they use other people to do the duties. So their hands look clean, if that makes sense. They get the blood on everybody else's hand, even though ultimately they're the ones orchestrating the events. And one of the ways that they orchestrate the events is with the flying monkeys. These are the other people in the family. And they do it through fear tactics, right? Because that is the spirit of oper the Department of Operations job. EVP is what? The spirit of fear. And they use tactics like taunting and terrorizing the scapegoat. And so this, this term was coined from the Wizard of Oz movie. movie um, and it could be children or other relatives. It doesn't just have to be siblings. It could be aunties, uncles, cousins, all of that. If they're at the under the spell of the narcissist, they're all going to work together by that spirit of chaos that is very organized um, to basically destroy you and your credibility. Because narcissist enablers act like the witch's monkeys who were unleashed by the witch in the Wizard of Oz. That is why they call them the flying monkeys. So the flying monkeys in that movie, you know, they did the witch's dirty work. And isn't it ironic that that person was a witch? Witchcraft. These is all spirits. It's, it's, if you pay attention, you know, the enemy tells on itself, especially through cinema. 
So the flying monkeys do the dirty work for the witch through the fear tactics and the taunting and the terrorizing of the scapegoat, just like that happened in the Wizard of Oz. These flying monkeys are terrorizing this little girl and her little dog. She's just totally afraid, using fear. And they do this to keep the witch's target or the safe goat from safety and security, ultimately to keep them from healing. It is nearly identical with narcissists and their flying monkeys. They want to keep you in a prison of fear. That is the job of the people that are aligned with the narcissists. They're going to defend them to the death in scapegoating you. And really think they're doing something good. Because why? The narcissist has made themselves look like the savior of it all. How could you do this to mom? How could you do this to grandma? How could you dare? And they sitting back. This is evil. Orchestrating it all. And they got their whole defense team. Like a football team. That's the flying monkeys. Terrorizing you. Gossiping about you. Maybe harassing you. Yeah, that's what they do. I've been in it. Another tech tactic or technique they use to discredit you because they're so afraid of being found out is a smear campaign. The smear campaign is the use of demonic behaviors like gossip, lies, and implication to discredit the scapegoat. Again, like we talked about, the narcissist is in constant battle with fear. They're so afraid of being found out for who they really are. And if the Most High doesn't heal that fear and they don't get some healing, this is what they turn into doing this to people. So it's really important for us to deal with our insecurities, for us to deal with the areas where we lack confidence and heal that because then this spirit takes over and it makes us act like this because we're so afraid of our fears being exposed. And it's the same spirit, which is the EVP of operations that runs the system that the narcissist is fighting with that he's also in bed with. It's very perverted and diluted. Organized chaos. So with the smear campaign, it starts with the nar- once the narcissist is aware that the scapegoat is aware of who they really are. You start seeing the person for who they are. They have to cancel you in a sense. <laughs> you got to be canceled in a family, in the business in the religious structure because I'm so afraid of people finding out who I really am and what I've really done. So now they have to flip it on you with a smear campaign. It is revenge for their perceived betrayal of no longer can of you no longer concealing their secret sins and their wickedness. It is also often due to jealousy and resentment of the scapegoats now healthy relationships. You start yoking up with the wise and become wise the narcissist and their flying monkeys and their neighbors going to hate that other person. It's you doing that to such and such. Because before you came, such and such wasn't like that. But, but, but it's a resentment because that healthy person is like, I see you and I told. So oftentimes the smear campaign can happen as resentment and jealousy as well. They don't want you to have healthy relationships. If they spirit recognize spirit. If you ain't seen it so far. So if they see a healthy person has entered into to someone's life who is in this system and that person starts making their way out and they've been scapegoated, the smear campaign is not just against the scapegoat, but anybody the scapegoat is attached to who has helped them see. 
and become healthy or healed. They don't want healing. No, no. Narcissists don't want healing. So they'll use gossip, lies, and suggestive implications to all those connected to them both, afraid of being found out and to get ahead of, a, of a being exposed in a sense. They'll do this even to their own children. The scapegoat is often unaware of the depths of the smear campaign if they only knew what was really being said about them. Going on behind their back with the help of the enablers and the flying monkeys. Then we have divide and conquer. The use of division to weaken and isolate family members in order to maintain control. This is what the narcissist is doing. So the narcissist will favor some and scapegoat others. If you don't maintain the lie, then you lose my favor and you're scapegoated is what the narcissist says and does and believes. To breed mistrust and resentment amongst siblings and even other parents. The, the narcissist will do this divide and conquer strategy through the Department of Operations. And this makes it easier for the narcissist to manipulate so they can then dominate everybody. They got to divide everybody, give them different stories so that they can conquer everyone and manipulate and control the scene. They're strategists. They're really good strategists. You'll see this in religion and business and family where the spirit uses the same kind of tactics. Okay. When somebody is in this for a long time, you end up with CPTSD. And that is called complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And it is the result of ongoing relational trauma, being hurt by another person repeatedly via betrayal and loss of safety. Somebody mishandling your heart will cause CPTSD or in other words, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. The operations which is the spirit of fear and the narcissistic system wants to give you that CPSD. So you will be left powerless, terrified, feeling like you crazy and full of shame. So that is why being wounded by a narcissistic parent or a pastor or a spiritual leader is an especially agonizing trauma. Why? Because these roles hold a unique power that in Yah's eyes, forbids such a very such the violation that is why it's critical not to minimize your experience over its operation spirit of fear many victims of this abuse often require professional counseling to even heal oftentimes they can't even heal without it and this is different than ptsd cptsd is a little bit different so let's look at why it's different so with uh, PTSD, it's a single event, like maybe a car accident or a crazy, um, uh, like an earthquake happened or, you know, like 9-11, something like that. It's a single trauma, it's a single event. But with CPTSD, you're traumatized over and over again. That's why your nervous system starts breaking down. So there's multiple traumas with CPTSD. It is very complex. And that's why you'll have different health issues that don't seem to have anything to do with one another because that's a sign of CPSD is complex. PTSD is also sh usually short term. Um, it's usually most people can heal from this at a faster rate than CPTSD because it's a single event that you're working through. Whereas CPTSD is way longer term. This doesn't happen from like the time you was two to the time you was 16 with your mother or your grandmother or whoever. 
that's a long time. That's a complex amount of trauma, which is why they call it CPTSD. With PTSD, it triggers fears, right? You'd be afraid of whatever the thing is that happened to you. But with CPTSD, it triggers relational fears, not just fears, but relational fears. And so unlike with PTSD, you see next, there's a distrust of surroundings. Like if I got in a car, I said, I don't want to get in a car no more. I don't like, I can't drive anymore is something someone might say, or I don't go to the beach anymore. Cause you know, this single event of trauma where there's a, it was a tsunami. I can't go to the beach anymore. They distrust just the surroundings, not the people. But one of the results of CPTSD is you distrust the world and people. So when somebody has a high level of distrust for, for people, it's probably some t- CPTSD that doesn't happen and it's usually in their childhood and it's usually from their family first. Well, another thing with PTSD is the person will have mood challenges. But with CPTSD, in addition to mood, everything on the PTSD side, a person with CPTSD will have plus more, including the last one, which says guilt, shame, and self-worth struggles. See, with PTSD, you might not have struggles with your self-worth, your self-esteem, and your confidence. It will just be related to a fear of that issue happening to you again. CPTSD, you won't even know who you are. That's how much it robs you. You will feel so invalidated. You will feel um, your self-worth is like, I'm talking about zero or below. You don't care for yourself. You let people abuse you. You don't think you're worth love. You don't think you're worth commitment. You don't think you're worth respect. You people please. You're afraid to to speak your mind. You're confused about what you even think of yourself. You might be confused about your your choice in relationship. Same sex attraction, all you're confused. That comes from this list right here. CPTSD, that's the result of intergenerational trauma, of narcissistic abuse. And it's not light. Religion does this to people. People just don't tell their story. I just been bold enough to tell my story. A lot of people won't tell their story. They hide it. They got to go to therapy and counseling to even get their confidence or their self-worth back. They're shamed. They're silenced because of the smear campaign. So they run and hide and then try to get some healing and help and they just live a life under the radar. And families, that smear campaign, that fear, they're so afraid of what their family is going to say and think about them. When their, their opinion of you really doesn't even matter. They're so demonic they don't even know how to properly filter a perspective. But the person is bound by the fear of what this family or religious system or business sect thinks of them that has destroyed their confidence. See, with PTSD, your confidence might not be destroyed. You might still know who you are. With PTSD, you know, single trauma events, 
you might still have a level of confidence outside of the thing that was that traumatized you. CPTSD, not so. Not so. It robs every area of your um, emotional wellness and how you even perceive your own self. That is why it is especially toxic. Especially toxic. So people that struggle with identity, people that struggle with... Um, uh, healthy confidence, people that struggle with self-worth. CPTSD is probably on a resume. It happened. Somebody, somebody done did, done did it to them. But there's hope. And one of the things you can do is stand up to the operations spirit of fear in the narcissistic system with your choices. Stand up to them because what is one of the things we've talked about? They want to keep you afraid, a timid coward who don't tell. No, they want to say cover it, cover the sins. Don't tell nobody. You being unforgiving. No, with this spirit, you stand up to it. You can tell the truth. You ignore their demands. A narcissist is so good at demanding you do things. Who are you to have a life outside of them? That's religious, family, and business. I've been at a job where I've worked for a very high-powered executive, and she couldn't even have a life. Like, her phone had to be on 24-7. She could never clock. They were like, you don't never clock out. You belong to us. Demanding. Family. A mother might demand the son take care of her. And I talked about this before. The parent is to store it for the child, not the child for the parent. That is perverted. Religious system demanding of your time. You don't you burnt all the way out and they demanding you be there. Ignore those demands so you can start to heal. These are some of the ways that you can start on the path to healing. Also, disagree with them with confidence. Trust that it's okay to disagree with the narcissist and their enablers. They don't control you. You don't have to do what they say. You don't have to go to the, the family gathering if they're not healthy for you and you don't want to be there. You don't have to be on the phone with your narcissistic mother or father or grandmother or cousin or auntie or sister or brother. You don't have to. You don't. It's your right to steward your soul well and maintain your emotional wellness and your health. You can disagree with them. No, I don't have to talk to you. No, I don't have to go there. I'm not obligated to do that. I'm obligated to steward my health spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. That is my obligation. So it's okay to disagree with them with confidence because they'll guilt you for not agreeing with them. And then you can also enforce consequences, which means then you got to set boundaries and manage them. So despite the guilt trips and the manipulations and the smear campaigns that they do to bring you back in under that system, you can enforce consequences. So for example, you might say something like, I didn't ask you to stop gossiping about other family members when I'm, you know, when we're talking because it is a sin and it spreads strife between us all. Why are you talking to me about my brother or my sister in this light? Why are you telling me one thing and then you say something else when you're with them? We know these things are going on. Why are you speaking about my brother or my sister in such a negative way? Why are you labeling my brother or my sister? You know, if a parent is doing this in that way, how would you come to me and say that about them? That's your own child. And that's my sibling. 
Why would you do that? So I've asked you not to do that because it's a sin and it spreads strife. And it says the most high hates it. Since you keep gossiping about my sibling, I think it's best that we don't speak until you can change your conversation and repent. And then you got to enforce it by keeping it. Like you can't say that and then don't do it. These are some steps that can help you on the path to healing if you're in a narcissistic system, which the operations department EVP fear is running and controlling you ragged. You can stand up. You can ignore those demands. You can disagree with confidence and you can enforce your consequences. Don't let that fear make you live as a slave to their demonic leadership and authority. This is one of the reasons why I've said in my dying to submit book, we have to stop telling people, women, people to just submit. What are they submitting to first? Cause the most high does not want us submitting to the devil. He does not want us submitting to demonic authority and leadership. That's, that's not what he wants. So before we run and tell somebody to submit, what are they submitting to? You don't have to submit to narcissistic abuse. It will kill you. It will take you out as we saw with the nervous system structure, right? So I want to leave you with this scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. The most high Yahuwah, he did not give you a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. He has given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind or sound judgment and personal discipline an ability that results in a well-balanced nervous system or in other words results in calm well-balanced mind and self-control that is what the most high gave you that's what he gave you exercise that up against this spirit that we we're learning about in this series exercise it he gave it to you you got it if you know him you belong to him you're a repented heart he put that power in you to be able to do it what's on that list that we just talked about so that's what i want to encourage you to do and now it's time for an assignment so your assignment is going to be to identify your system your symptoms and power up that spirit of fear does not have to control you nope 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 so the first thing of two things is I want you to complete the systems checklist, the symptoms. I'm sorry. I keep saying system because we've been talking about systems so much. Complete the symptoms checklist. Check Truth Tribe public telegram group for the download. Let me do it while I'm sitting here real quick. Uh, Truth Tribe public. Let me see. We're going to get a file. Hold on. We'll put both of these downloads in here. Hold on. Beware of the narcissist. Oh no. The worksheets. So beware of the narcissist. The symptoms checklist is this one. Is this the PDF? Hold on y'all. I want to make sure I'm sending the PDF and not the word file, but it's not showing me. Hold on y'all. Cause I'm going to make sure I give y'all the right one. I'm going to have to do it after this live. 
Right after this live, I'm going to put both of these worksheets in the Telegram public group. But the symptoms checklist um, is going to help you identify some of the system, some of the symptoms that may be affecting your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. If you find that you're circling a whole lot, you might have CPTSD and didn't even know it. It might explain why you're having a lot of your symptoms and you can start to heal as you make new choices in that relationship instead of going to get a whole bunch of prescriptions for the multiple um, symptoms that you're having that are not even really what you, the, the issues are not really what you thought they were. Um, your nervous system is being affected. Now I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you not to go to your doctor. What I'm saying is that if you find yourself circling a lot of these things and you find that when you're looking at this series, you're in some kind of job, religious construct or family where a lot of these things are showing up, boom, that might be why. That is what I'm saying. And so the first for the assignment, the first worksheet that I'm going to put in here right after this live is going to help you see if that's what's going on. The second worksheet, complete the NARC proof worksheet. Um, again, check the True Tribe Public Telegram group for the download. That NARC proof worksheet is going to help you proof yourself in a sense, your heart from allowing the narcissist to continue to abuse you. Um, this does not like I've talked about some people, they require counseling for, for a minute if they've been in, in this. So one worksheet, I'm not saying that one worksheet heals at all, but it gets you started on the path to start. If you're not able to find a counselor right now, or you can't afford counseling or whatever, or you just don't want to go see a counselor or whatever, it starts you on the path to start your own process of healing because the steps that I talked about work, I've used them myself in my very own life with narcissists in a family system, in a business system, and in a religious system, all three, and they work in each system. And I know that it's hard, you know, because the spirit of fear does its job to keep you silenced. But when you stand up and you, you know, enforce the boundaries and you don't accept these demands and you know that it's okay to disagree and you don't have to feel crazy or, or like you, like you the one losing your mind. Um, it helps you heal. So I will put those two worksheets in the telegram group right after this, um, live, I'll go put it in there. Cause I have a word document. I designed it in word, but then I made it a PDF and I don't want to send you the word document. So I'm going to send you the PDF, but it's not telling me which one is word or PDF in the extension. So I want to make sure that I send the right one. So when I'm done with this, I'm going to go ahead and do that so that you will have those, um, only the people in the telegram group will be able to get those. If you're watching the playback or you're watching this video far after I recorded it and you came across my channel, you can look in the description to get the link to my free telegram group. And in there, I let you know where I'm going to go live. I'm going to now be putting certain worksheets for the beware of the narcissist series in there. Um, because I just don't feel like designing emails and all of that. I could just send it in there. So, um, that'll be the way that I can get you a lot of my free resources. Um, if this has blessed you, if this has helped you, can you first and foremost share it with someone who may not even know what they're in? Please share this video, send it in an email to somebody, share it on your YouTube and just say, Hey, y'all check this out. Share it on your Facebook, copy the link and share it on your Facebook. Um, you can share it in Instagram, you know, do a story, put the picture and then attach the link. 
this information is really important for people to heal. You never know what people are going through. You know, there are many people that I talk to and you would never even think that they're dealing with CPTSD as a result of narcissistic abuse due to the operations department, which the EVP spirit of fear is crippling. like got a claw on them. Like you ain't getting out of this system. Like you in a chokehold. You going to stay in this system. I'm going to scare you literally to death to stay in this demonic system where the, the, the wolf acting like the shepherd, the devil acting like the savior. I feel for you. I've been in it. All right, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this. I will see you next time for part four. Um, for part four, we're going to talk about, uh, part four is sorrow. We're going to talk about how sorrow occurs when you're in narcissistic abuse. We're going to deal with love bombing, bread crumbing, and a few other things that people do. If you haven't heard these terms before, or you haven't heard the spiritual connection to these psychological terms that I believe are birthed out of spiritual things, um, we're going to learn more about that. And we are almost halfway done with this series. I really hope that it's blessed you. I will go back and look at your comments because I've been live for a while and I have some things to do um, after this live. So I can't go through the comments now, but I will definitely look at them later. You can also leave a comment um, when we're done with this video. If you're watching the playback to let me know how it's blessed you. The secret key code for the month of February to win the gifted items is this is a safe space. That's the secret key code. This is a safe space. I will also be adding um, moving forward. If you are interested in the safe space, we're taking applications. And this is a place where you can connect with Truth Tribe beyond my live chats with uh, calls, messaging, wellness work, and more. I'm really excited about the safe space. There are other things that I'm going to add to it as well as we move forward. But for now, that's what we're starting with. Um, you can also use that secret key code for um, some things with the safe space that I'll talk about later. But the secret key code, again, is this is a safe space. I'm struggling with picking January as winter, y'all. Let me know in the comments what I should do. Um, people submitted the giveaway form, but they didn't complete all the steps. And I'm running into an issue where people are just not reading the directions. They're, they're submitting the forms, but they're not doing all the steps that they're supposed to take to win the giveaway. So I'm like, do I still just pick somebody and give it to them anyway? Or do I have, I not have another winner again because people are not completing all the steps. What do y'all think I should do? I don't want to make it where I'm just giving stuff away and you're not doing your part. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Let me know in the comments or in the live chat and I'll look back at it. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, for episode three, I have to go to the bathroom right now. You see, I'm shaking. Episode uh, part three of Beware of the Narcissist. And I will see y'all next time I go live. If you are in my Telegram group, you'll know. And right after this live and when I go to the bathroom, I will be sure to put the worksheets in there so that you can start working on your healing and not just be listening, but doing. All right, y'all. See you next time. Peace. They always told me love's supposed to suffer long. I looked it up in the lexicon. It say that suffering actually means the act of being patient. Have I been patient with you? And who is to decide when long is long enough? And what do I do when I feel I've had enough?